This is a Faith FM podcast. You're listening to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen, right across Australia, right here on Faith FM. Hello there, and thanks again for joining me once again. I'm Robbie Bergen, and you're listening to The Faith Experiment, and this is episode number 32. And I'm calling this episode The Rapture. Now, once again on this episode, I have a great giveaway. It's called Rapture Myths. It's about today's topic, obviously. And in this book, you can discover the truth about the return of Jesus Christ. This book answers some of the most common questions about the rapture. So to get this book, you're going to need to text the code word in, which I'm going to give you during the show. You can text that code word to the number, the Faith Experiment number, 04888. Four five three double one. So save this number into your phone. It's the Faith Experiment number, o four triple eight four five three double one, and just wait for today's code word. Well, I love hearing from you on the Faith Experiment, and this whole little series we're doing right now is based on your feedback. It's based on your questions and your comments, and I love to hear from you, my listeners, where you're listening to the Faith Experiment from. I love to know the reach that this show has on the Faith FM network. So. If you wouldn't mind texting me in today where you're listening to The Faith Experiment from, you can text me in on 0488845311 or email me on robbie at faithfm.com.au. Now, if you are joining me for the first time The Faith Experiment, The Faith Experiment is about putting faith into practice. It's about, well, experimenting with faith. And so far on the show, I've been sharing with you my own personal journey of how I went from a non-believer to a faith experimenter. And we've just finished looking at this sort of a series, I guess you could call it, on how to enhance your study of these ancient manuscripts. And now I've started in the last few episodes, sort of a little new mini-series. And I'm calling this series the Q&A series, and it's really based on your feedback and your questions. So on today's episode, I'm continuing with this brand new series of answering your questions. I've been asking for your questions since this show began, and I have gotten so many of them that I am making a series out of your questions. I've got questions like, is there life after death? Where is hell? What happens to babies when they die? Why does God call Jesus his son? Is there connection between COVID and the end of the world? How to be born again? What's the best way to study the Bible for personal devotions? Is America in Bible prophecy? Is there a secret rapture? What's the purpose of tithe in the Bible? Should I be giving tithe today? Is China in Bible prophecy? Is the mark of the beast Satan's mark? And if God is so good, then why is the world so bad? And I have so many more questions, and they just keep coming in. And if you want to add your question and get it into the mix, text it on the Faith Experiment number to 4 or you can email me on robbie at faithfm.com.au. So over the next few episodes, I'm going to be taking your questions, as many as I can, digging into these ancient Hebrew and Greek manuscripts and finding answers, not what I think, but what the Bible says about them. So far on the show, we have looked at Eva's question. That was our first question we took. It was a great question, and it really underpins where we're going with our little series here. The question was, how can we be sure that the Bible is actually trustworthy? I mean, can we even trust that the Bible is actually God's Word? And I answered this question first because in our faith experiment, we need to have evidence that the Bible is actually God's Word. And we looked at this question from a whole range of various viewpoints, from prophecy, science, archaeology, history, mathematics, and personal impact. And we found that however you look at it, there is definitely evidence that this book is God's Word. And that's why we're continuing the series by answering questions, your questions, from 
the Bible. We've also looked at a whole episode about prophecy, questions about prophecy. We took questions like Rosa's question, who asked, as a Christian who's never studied prophecy, is she missing out on anything? And we found that one-third of the Bible, that's one-third of the entire Bible, is prophecy. And so if God's gone to the effort to give us so much prophecy, then we will probably be missing out on something if we neglect it. Then in our last episode, we looked at a bunch of questions around the signs of the times. And we looked at the connection between COVID-19 and the end of the world. Now, if you missed any of those previous episodes and you want to catch up on some of the details, you can get the Faith FM app from your app store or go to faithfm.com.au and look under the podcasting section for The Faith Experiment. And you're going to find The Faith Experiment on all good podcasting platforms and it will make it super easy for you to keep up to date with The Faith Experiment. So, on today's episode, I am going to be answering a number of different questions that I've been asked about the rapture. Questions like Julie's, who asks, is the secret rapture in the Bible? Or this one from Ethan, who asks, when do you think the seven-year tribulation will start? And then there's Peter, who asks, after the rapture, will people who are left behind have any hope of being saved? And I've got a bunch of other questions around this theme, so stick around. Well, it's time to take a short break now, but when I come back, I'm going to get straight into answering a bunch of questions, your questions about the rapture. And coming up is the code word for today's great giveaway. So stick around. You're listening to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen, right across Australia, right here on Faith FM. Connect with us via text message on 04888-45311. That's 04888-45311. Or send an email to robbie at faithfm.com.au. Selfishness takes the wind 
Unchoked with Robbie Bergen. Right across Australia, right here on Faith FM. Listen live or listen later. Get the Faith FM app from your app store today. Welcome back to The Faith Experiment. I'm your host, Robbie Bergen, and this is episode 32 of The Faith Experiment, and I'm calling this episode The Rapture. And coming up is the code word for today's free offer, Rapture Myths. So stick around to get the code word. So on this episode, I'm looking at questions you have been asking me about what I'm calling the rapture. And once again, I've got some really good questions. So let's get straight into it. Well, to start us off, I have two really good questions that are very, very similar. One is from Julie and the other is from David. These two questions are almost identical. And so I'm going to address these two questions together. First, Julie. Julie writes this. She says, is the secret rapture in the Bible, Julie? And David writes, hi, Robbie, can you explain what the secret rapture is and when is it coming? Thanks, David. Well, thanks very much, Julie and David, for your questions. And look, these are popular questions. I find as I travel that many people, both Christians and non-Christians, are intrigued by this topic of the secret rapture. Now, both of you are essentially asking me to explain what is the secret rapture, and then is it in the Bible? So, what's the secret rapture? Well, Did you know that there was a a survey done last year in the United States amongst Christians? It's called the Pew Survey because they're surveying Christians. And in that survey, they found that 55% of all American Christians surveyed think that the faithful will be taken up to heaven in the rapture. That's just over half of all the Christians in America who were surveyed at least They think they're going to be taken to heaven in a secret rapture. So, what is it? Well, the meaning or the definition of the secret rapture is the idea that the coming of Jesus will take place in two distinct and separate stages. The first will be secret, hence the term secret rapture. And in that secret rapture, there'll be a carrying away of all the saved people to heaven. They'll just disappear. There'll be two men working, one will be taken, one will be left. Two women working, one will be taken, and one will be left. And this secret rapture will mark the beginning of a seven-year period of tribulation, during which time an Antichrist or the Antichrist is going to appear, and then he's going to introduce some kind of mark, his mark, to enable buying and selling, And then he'll create some kind of idol or image in the temple in Jerusalem where he will force the world to worship him. And then the second phase of this rapture or tribulation period, it occurs at the end of this seven-year tribulation when Jesus will return to the earth in triumph and glory. And so that's it. In essence, when people are talking about a secret rapture, What they're describing in their mind is that at some point, all the faithful disappear. That marks seven years of tribulation. An antichrist arrives during those seven years. 
And then at the end of seven years, Jesus comes and sorts everything out. Now, this is what more than 55% of the church believes in the United States. Now, I don't know what the percentage is here in Australia. There hasn't been a recent survey on this, but I suspect it's probably about the same as the Americans. We're not that dissimilar to them. Now, this is a very, very popular teaching among many different denominations. And in fact, a lot of secular people are very familiar with the concepts of the secret rapture because of novels like the Left Behind series and the movie um, Left Behind by the same name based on the same novels or the movie called Gone. I mean, they've even managed to get Hollywood actor Nicolas Cage to star in one of these movies. So, it's it's a pretty well sort of known idea what this secret rapture sort of theory is all about. So, Julie, David, that's sort of the first part of your question. What is the secret rapture? But the second part is, is the secret rapture in the Bible? Well, to answer this question, I'm going to take you on a little whirlwind history lesson on how we got the secret rapture teaching. Now, first of all, let me say this. Nobody had ever heard of the secret rapture for the first 1800 years of Christianity. That means from the start of Christianity when Jesus formed the church all the way down to the 19th century, there isn't a single piece of evidence that anybody had even heard of this teaching. You see, the teaching of the secret rapture all began in a small revival in Glasgow in Scotland in 1920. Not too long ago. I mean, it's 100 years ago, but not too long ago. In this small revival, there was a young teenage girl whose name was McDonald. She claims that during this revival, she received a vision from God. And in the vision, she saw God rapturing out all of the church, as in the people, the faithful people, out of this evil world and directly into heaven. That's how this thing started. Now, this event might have come and gone and not left much of a mark on Christian history. I mean, no one would have ever heard of this girl, MacDonald, and her vision in 1920 in Glasgow. No one would have even heard of it. Except, at that revival, there was a man called Reverend Derby. And Reverend Derby, when he heard this account from the teenage girl, he was intrigued. And then he believed it was truth, And he became convinced that this was correct theology. And as a preacher, well, he started preaching. He started preaching that God was going to rapture all of the righteous out of the world and leave the evil behind. Now, he did this despite the fact that the secret rapture had never been taught or believed for the past 1800 years of Christian history. So, who was Reverend Derby? Well, he was the founder of the Plymouth Brethren denomination, which was founded in the 19th century. Now, again, this might have been a very small sort of Christian sect with a strange teaching that nobody had ever heard of for the first 1,800 years of Christian history, except that Reverend Derby took his gospel of the rapture to America. And when he came to America, he got in contact with the great Dwight L. Moody, who was the founder of the Moody Bible Institute and the Moody Press there in Chicago. I mean, Dwight Moody was a man with great influence in Christian circles. And so Moody becomes a worldwide disseminator of this new teaching. 
of the secret rapture. And he did it on both sides of the Atlantic in the United States and in the United Kingdom. Now, by this time, the teaching of the secret rapture started making inroads into all the various Christian denominations. Now, next in the story come the novels, and not the novels you're probably familiar with. There were a bunch of novels written in Chicago by an entrepreneur, and these novels were called Jesus is Coming, and they became very, very popular. And again, these novels took the teaching of the secret rapture, which started as a vision from a teenager in Scotland, not in the Bible, and began to make them so popular that a lot of the mainstream churches started to pick them up, or at least elements of this secret rapture theology. The next development in the formation of this theology was the development of a Bible translation called the Schofield Reference Bible. Now, this Bible translation was one of the first Bibles to come up with the idea of not just printing the Bible text, but to include study helps. And so Schofield, he introduced this thing called headings into the Bible. And he added headings like, Jesus predicts the rapture. And so when ordinary people picked up the Bible and started reading it, they would say, look, right there, Matthew 24, Jesus predicts the rapture. It's printed right there in the Bible, so it must be true. The rapture is in the Bible. And so Schofield also included commentary and footnotes in the Bible, which helped to explain what these passages meant so that the average layperson could easily understand this new teaching. Now, somewhere in the 1920s, there was a need to make this teaching, which started out as a lay theology. I mean, this teaching is nowhere in the Bible. It's not based on the study of the Hebrew or the Greek. It's based on a dream and eisegesis of the English text. But because it was creating such a revival, there was a need to have this teaching almost validated by the academic world with academic exegesis. And so, the creation of a new institute was founded in 1920 by a Presbyterian minister, and that institute was called the Dallas Theological Institute. Now, that institute eventually became the Dallas Theological Seminary. And so, by the end of the 1900s, we end up with two major centers of theological influence in the United States teaching this secret rapture, one in Chicago and the other in Dallas. Now, through these two institutions and their leading presidents and esteemed professors came hundreds of books on this topic. And eventually, coming out of this same group of people, came the books called the Left Behind series, which they turned into a movie. So, David, that's what the Sicker Rapture is. And Julie, is the Sicker Rapture in the Bible? No, it's not. The Sicker Rapture has its foundation in a dream from a teenage girl which eventually circulated around the world and has become a pseudo-doctrine of the Bible. Well, it's time to take a short break now, but when I come back, I'm going to continue looking at your questions on this topic of the rapture. And coming up is the code word for today's great giveaway called Rapture Myths. I'll be right back after this with The Faith Experiment. The Faith Experiment is made possible because of people like you. If you enjoy what we are doing, please consider supporting us by making a donation on our website at faithfm.com.au slash donate. Fading memories ignored I crawled across the forest floor Reflects an orphan child Dirty, lost, alone and wild 
fatherless and nameless still Fallen heart and broken will there ever be a place where I belong I cower neath the monster trees And try to stand on tired feet And gravity knocks me to the ground Where I give up tears roll down I claw the dust and beg the end Curse the day that I began To hope there'd be a place where I'd belong I hear a sound I recognize You lift my chin and seek my eyes A song of love you sing to me I ache to sing it back to thee Father love prepares a place And brother Jesus leads the way Follow to the place where you belong How did I miss this wondrous song The forest sang it all along River rinses all your shame And Father offers you His name Father love prepares a home Brother Jesus leads you on Follow to the place where you belong Father love prepares a place Brother Jesus leads the way Follow to the place where you belong Follow to the place where you belong You're listening to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen. Do you have questions about this episode? Robbie would love to hear from you. Send a text to 0488 that's 0488-45311. Or send an email to Robbie at faithfm.com.au. He was there all the time. Time after time, I was searching for peace in some trying to blame all my ills on this world I was in. Surface relationships used me till I was done And all Waiting to free me from 
to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen, right across Australia, right here on Faith FM. Welcome back to The Faith Experiment. I'm your host, Robbie Bergen, and this is episode 32 of The Faith Experiment. I'm calling this episode The Rapture. And coming up is the co-word for today's free offer, so stick around. On today's show, I'm answering your questions about the rapture. And before the break, we looked at David's and Julie's questions who asked, what is the secret rapture and is it in the Bible? And I took you on that tour of history where we found that this teaching came out of a small church revival in Glasgow in Scotland where a young teenage girl claimed to have a dream where she saw God rapturing out all the people of the evil world up into heaven. And then we saw how this doctrine developed as various individuals promoted it both in America and the United Kingdom. But as I said before the break, recent surveys show that 55% of Christians believe in this teaching, which only came into existence 1,800 years after Jesus started the Christian church. Now, my next question comes from Peter, who asks, After the rapture, will the people left behind have any hope of being saved? Peter, 
Well, thanks, Peter, for your question. And to be honest, that's a really good question because it's one of those questions that I've always had a hard time getting an answer out of somebody who believes in the secret rapture. Because essentially, anyone who's not raptured away, who in other words is lost, they all get a second chance. And so... If you saw this event, right, as they depicted in the novels and in the movies, where everyone who is good just disappears, then who in their right mind who is left behind, who's technically lost, who knows that there is a God because he just took everybody away, and you know that he's coming back in seven years, why would you go and just follow the Antichrist? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So, Peter, because I've already explained how that this teaching is not biblical, let me share with you what the Bible teaches about the rapture. Not the secret rapture, but the actual rapture. You see, the rapture is biblical, and I believe in the rapture teaching, but there is a corruption of this teaching which I don't believe in. So let's have a look at what does the Bible actually teach about the rapture. And to get started, let's have a look at what Jesus teaches himself. Jesus taught in the Greek New Testament book of John chapter 14, verse 1. He says this, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So clearly, Jesus promises he will come again. And this is the basis of the idea of the rapture. Now, you'll never find this word rapture in the English Bible, but there is a Greek word which translates as caught up, which is where we get the concept of raptured or to be caught up. And this is the catching up that takes place at the second coming or Jesus' return. Now, the Apostle Paul has a name for this rapture or second coming, and this is what he calls it in the Greek New Testament book of Titus in chapter 2, verse 13. He says, Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, Paul calls this, this rapture a blessed hope. That's what he calls the second coming. You see, it's a blessed hope, a hope that will take place at the appearing. Not at some secret hiding, but at the appearing. Now, this teaching of the second coming has been taught for thousands and thousands of years, even as far back as Enoch, you know, the guy who was translated right into heaven. The Bible tells us in the Greek New Testament book of Jude, in chapter 1, verse 14, it says, Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, he prophesied about these men, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all to convict all who are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds which have committed their ungodly way and of all the harsh things that the ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Even King David wrote about this second coming or this rapture in Psalm 50 verse 3. This is what he said. He said, Our God shall come and shall not be silent. A fire shall devour him and it shall be very tempestuous all around him. Notice, even David says that he's not going to keep silent, which means it won't be secret. So, this has been a teaching long held in Scripture. Now, clearly, David's not talking about Jesus' first coming because he came as a baby. Clearly, Enoch is not talking about Jesus' first coming because Jesus came as a baby. And Paul is not talking about his first coming because Jesus had already come. So, this idea of a rapture, the second coming, is where all of this cloud and thunder and and tempestuous noise is all going to be. 
So how well then this rapture actually take place according to the Bible? Well, the Bible gives us five keys regarding how the rapture will unfold, or more, I should say, the characteristics of the rapture. Let's have a quick look at them. Number one, the rapture is going to be literal, meaning the second coming will be literal. In Acts chapter 1, verse 9, this is what it says. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and as he's speaking, he ascends to heaven, and this is what it says. It says, now when he had spoken these things, while they, that's the disciples, while they watched, he was taken up. So Jesus is taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So notice this. It's the same Jesus who will come in like manner also, meaning it's very, very literal. The second coming is not some invisible thing. It's not some spiritual thing. It's a literal thing. Number two, it's going to be very visible. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, it says this, Behold, he is coming with clouds. Same thing, right? In Acts, we saw he went up into clouds. In Revelation 1, verse 7, he's coming with clouds, and every eye will see him even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him, even so come. Everyone's going to see it. It's visible. So it's literal, it's visible. Number three, it's audible. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, it says, For the Lord himself will descend from the heavens with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. It's audible. It's a shout. There's a voice. There's a trumpet. All these things will be heard. So it's audible. It's visible and it's literal. Number four, it's public. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 27, notice what Jesus says. For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to their works. This is an absolute public demonstration of the glory of Jesus, the glory of the Father, and the glory of the angels. Number five, it is not secret. In Matthew 24, verse 23, Jesus says, Then if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. See, I've told you beforehand. Therefore, if they say, Look, he's in the desert, do not go out. Look, he's in the secret chamber, do not believe it. For as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. So here are five clues as to what the biblical rapture will be like. It's not secret, it's not invisible, and it's definitely not private. Now, Peter, you asked, after the rapture, will people left behind have any hope of being saved? Now, I've looked at what the rapture, according to the Bible, will be like. After the break, I'm going to look at what happens at the rapture and is there any hope for people. Well, Sunday short break again, but when we come back, we're going to continue looking at these questions on the topic of the rapture. And coming up is the code word for today's giveaway. I'll be right back after this with The Faith Experiment. If you have enjoyed this episode of The Faith Experiment, please help us get the word out by sharing our podcast with your friends and family. And don't forget to like us on Facebook. 
Troublesome times, Troublesome times are here Filling men's, Filling hearts, men's hearts with fear Freedom we, Freedom we all hold dear now is it Freedom's safe. now at stake Humbling your hearts, Humbling your hearts to God Saves from the chastening rod Seek the way, Seek the way pilgrims trod Christians awake Jesus is, Jesus is coming soon Morning or night, Morning or night or noon Many will meet their doom. Trumpets will surely sound. And all of the dead, all the dead shall rise. Righteous meet in the skies. Going where no one dies. Heavenward bound. Troubles will soon be over. Happy forevermore. And we meet on that shore. Free from all worldly cares. Rising up in the sky. World goodbye. Homeward we then will fly. Glory to share. Jesus is coming soon. Morning or night or noon. Many will meet their doom. Trumpets will sound. All of that dead shall rise. Righteous meet in the sky. Going where no one dies. Heavenward bound. My Jesus is Jesus is coming soon. Morning or night, morning or night or noon. Many will many will meet their doom. Trumpets will sound. Trumpets will surely sound. All the dead, All the dead shall rise. Righteous meet in the skies Going where no one dies Heavenward bound The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen, right here on Faith FM. Welcome back to The Faith Experiment. I'm your host, Robbie Bergen, and this is episode 32 of The Faith Experiment. And I'm calling this episode, The Rapture. And coming up shortly is the code word for today's great free giveaway. It's an excellent book called Rapture Myths. Now, on today's episode, I've been looking at your questions related to The Rapture. We have seen that the rapture is the name given to the second coming in the Bible. We've also seen that despite the spread of the teaching of a secret rapture in a seven-year tribulation, the Bible does not teach a secret rapture. Before the break, we looked at Peter's question where he asked, after the rapture, will people left behind have any hope of being saved? Now, I have looked at what the rapture actually is according to the bible and i share with you those five clues of what the rapture will be like but now let's pick up the gist of peter's question which is will people have hope at and after the rapture and let's put that in the context of the bible not based on some hollywood movie or popular novel so what takes place at the rapture or the second coming you see what i find is is that when people get hooked up on this secret rapture theory and that's what it is it's a theory it's not a biblical teaching it's just a theory it's not a good theory either because it goes contrary to the bible but nonetheless the focus is always on the events 
of the rapture and the Antichrist. But you see, in the biblical teaching of the second coming or the biblical rapture, its focus is on people and it's on Jesus. What do I mean by that? Well, let me share with you what Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 28. In the context, he's talking about his return. He says, Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear my voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. So Jesus sets the stage for the resurrection, which is deliverance, is freedom from the ultimate power of sin, which is death. And he sets that in the context of the rapture or the second coming. Now, when will this resurrection take place? Well, Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, he says, For the Lord himself will descend from the heavens with a shout, that's the second coming, with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So there's the resurrection. That's the resurrection of the dead. It takes place at the second coming or the rapture. In fact, the very next verse uses the word caught up. The righteous will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. That word caught up is where this idea of rapture comes from. So, Peter, you're asking about hope. Is there hope for those who miss the rapture? Well, according to the Bible, it's at the second coming, or the rapture, that the righteous dead are resurrected, and the righteous living are raptured up or caught up to meet Jesus in the air. So where do the lost or the wicked fit into this biblical account of the second coming or the rapture? Do they sort of wander the streets for the next seven years wondering what's happened and how can they get salvation? Well, if we look at the Greek New Testament book Revelation, chapter 6, verse 14, listen to what it says. It says, Then the sky recedes as a scroll when it's rolled back, and every mountain and island is moved out of its place. The kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? You see, when Jesus returns, when the dead and the living righteous are caught up to meet him in the air, the wicked on the ground are calling out for the rocks and the mountains to hide them from the face of the Lamb. And by the way, the Lamb is Jesus in this passage. And in Paul's letter in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, he writes, And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. So notice this. At his coming, at the rapture, at the second coming, the righteous who are dead are resurrected, and they join the righteous who are living. So now there's one group here of righteous, and they are caught up, they're raptured up in the sight of all, in the clouds, to meet Jesus in the air. That's what the Bible is painting a picture here. But in contrast to that, it says that the wicked who are on earth, they're seeing the same thing that the righteous are seeing, but they're calling out for the rocks and mountains to fall upon them and to hide them from Jesus, from this lamb. 
And then Paul has just told us that they're consumed by the brightness. Remember, one of the signs was that he's coming in the glory of himself, the glory of the angels and the glory of the Father. It's that brightness, that glory that consumes. You see, the wicked cannot bear the sight of a pure and holy God. They shout out for the rocks and mountains to fall and to hide from the face of the Lamb. At the time of Jesus' resurrection, the brightness of one angel caused the Roman guards to faint and become like dead men. Imagine the impact of what could be billions, if not trillions, if not quadrillions of angels who, along with Jesus' own glory, show up in the night sky. The evil nature within the wicked heart of men would be overwhelmed with his purity and his brightness. Now, the Bible doesn't give any indication that there is a second chance. In fact, if we're, if we're technically accurate, what we have right now is our second chance. This life that you have right now, that you're breathing right now as you're listening to my voice, is your second chance. You see, the Bible teaches, and you know it. You don't need the Bible to teach you this, but you already know it. Everyone has done wrong. All have sinned, the Bible says, and are worthy of eternal death. But through Christ, we all have a second chance. Whosoever believes in him should not perish. So right now is our second chance. You see, the Bible is clear. There is hope for those who have died with their faith in Jesus. And there is hope for those of us who we hope will never experience death before the return of Jesus. And this is why Paul says in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, that the dead in Christ will rise first. Then he says in verse 17, Then we who are alive and remain should be caught up together with them, that's the resurrected dead who were righteous, we meet together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus shall we always be with him. So Peter, now is the time of hope. If we put it off, it will be too late at the second coming to be looking for a second chance. This is one of the reasons why this teaching of the cigarette rapture is such a dangerous teaching. Because I believe the enemy of our souls wants us to think that we still have another chance. What a horrible deception that is. We are living our second chance now. But our enemy wants us to think that there's still a second chance even after a so-called cigarette rapture. Now, I know for those of you who are listening who have always sort of understood the cigarette rapture as to being a biblical teaching, you might be a little bit shocked and surprised by some of my answers to these questions here on the show. And most people, when they first are confronted with the evidence that this is not a biblical teaching, it has no biblical origin, it doesn't have a biblical argument, people start searching through the Bible looking for texts that indicate there is a cigarette rapture. And one of those texts that people normally will will present comes from the book of Matthew 24 and also the book of Luke 17. And it's a story where, in fact, let me just read it for you. Jesus is speaking about the second coming. And he says, But of the day and the hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood, they were all eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken, and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken, and the other will be left. Now, here is where 
Some Christians believe that this secret rapture is really actually so clear in the Bible. It's taught. You can't deny it. People say that, see, there's two people doing something here. One's taken, one's left behind. But notice, after this passage, notice what the disciples ask Jesus. They say to Jesus in Luke 17, 37, they say, And they answered him and said to him, Where, Lord? And then notice Jesus' response in the very next verse. So Jesus said to them, where the body is, there the eagles will be gathered. So where will they be taken? They will be destroyed by this event, be it the flood or be it the second coming. You see, in this passage, Jesus has compared the second coming to the global flood at Noah's time. He describes how the people of the day were enjoying life as per usual until the flood came along. Some were taken, others were left. There's not even the slightest indication that the event was even secret. I mean, everyone who was affected by the flood knew the flood was there. It wasn't like a secret thing. Nor is there any reference to the idea that there are two stages of his coming, a secret one and then a visible one. The flood was one event. People were saved. People were lost. And Jesus is comparing the second coming to the same. The second coming, people are saved. People are lost. So I hope that answers your question, Peter. Our hope is the rapture of the second coming. There is no hope after it for the sinner. Now, in this episode, I've been really sharing with you some of the strong deceptions out there among God's people, and I guess it's it's worth noting that there are ways to protect ourselves against the errors that are raging out there on this and other topics. You see, the Bible gives us counsel in Isaiah 8, verse 20. It says, To the law and to the testimony, if it does not speak according to that word, it's because there is no light in it. So in order for us to know what is right and trustworthy in this faith experiment, we need to firstly understand and trust the Scriptures, and then we need to test everything by the Scriptures. So the rapture, is it going to happen soon? Yes. Is it going to be secret? Absolutely not. This is the greatest event in the history of eternity. It's going to be the most public, most visible, the loudest, the brightest event you have ever witnessed and every eye is going to see it. I tell you, this is what this whole faith experiment is about. I mean, everything I have been experimenting with is leading me to this event. So today is the best day to prepare for this event. The Bible says in the Greek New Testament book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, Now is the day of salvation. Friends, don't miss out on this event. Tickets are available today for the second coming. It's for a front row seat. You don't want to miss out. Why don't you accept the free offer and ask Jesus into your heart today? Now, as I mentioned, top of the show, I have this great book called Rapture Myths. This book looks at all the things people think the Bible teaches about the rapture and shows you what is fact and fiction on the topic. So if you'd like to get a free copy of this book, all you need to do is text this code word, hash FE32, hash FE32 to 04888845311, and the FaithFM giveaway bot will reply asking for some details. So text the code word hash FE32, that's the hash symbol, or the pound key, followed by FE, as in Faith Experiment, and the number 32 for episode 32. So, hash FE32, all one word, no spaces in between. Text that to 04888 Now it's time for this week's inbox. This is where I browse through the inbox and share your comments, 
feedback and questions. This message comes from Beck who says, Robbie, I love the faith experiment. This show is just helping me so much in my own faith experiment. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you, Beck. I'm so glad you're tuning in to the show. I'm so glad it's been a blessing to you. Help me get the word out. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. And if you have any suggestions, be sure to text them in to me. And this one comes from George who says, Robbie, thanks for explaining these topics to me from the Bible. Keep it up. You're welcome, George. I do my best. Thank you. If you have any other questions, George, text them in to me. And one more from Peter who says, I'm so amazed at how God has worked in your life, Robbie. You and I have similar stories. God bless you. Well, thank you, Peter. I would love to hear your story. You can text it to me or email it to me. I'd love to. I love hearing how God is working in other people's faith experiments as well. Well, thank you all for your feedback. I appreciate it. I really do. You can text me your comments and feedback on the Faith Experiment number 048-45311 or you can email me on Robbie at faithfm.com.au. Well, that's all for now. I'll catch you next week at the same time right here on Faith FM for the next episode of The Faith Experiment. I'll see you then. You have been listening to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen. Connect with us via text message on 04888 453 That's 04888 453 Or send an email to robbie at faithfm.com.au and let us know what you thought of this episode.